0: i really just haven't been able to find an explanation at all for it
1: and all of a sudden we were all since like overcome with the sense of impending doom like i do not know how to describe that feeling i've had a panic attack before kind of like almost kind of like that like i felt like my heart was gonna stop i felt like i was gonna fucking die
2: Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Blame It On the Aliens. I'm your host, Callie, and this week I am very excited to finally introduce my first ever storytelling, first hand experience podcast episode where I am not narrating, but two people who I reached out to agreed to tell their own personal stories from memory. One is a glitch in the matrix story. And one is also kind of a glitch in the matrix, possible alien story. But let me tell you, firsthand experience, storytelling of these kind of events, like really do just come across so much more vivid. I guess it's one thing for me to sit here and narrate a story. It seems a little sometimes detached in my brain of like, this actually happened to somebody. So... I hope you get as many full-body chills as I did listening to them tell their stories to me, and I'm excited to have future episodes like this, and of course, I'll be back narrating, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and with that being said, and without further ado, let's get into it.
0: Hi, my name is Mandy. I recently posted on the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit about this experience. I'm not sure if it's a glitch in the matrix or what, but it was super creepy to me. My Reddit name is Mandalina T. If you'd like to check out the story itself, uh, it's it's a little long, but um, it, there's a lot of description that needs to go into it so you can understand exactly what happened and see that there's actually no explanation for it that i can find so uh seven and a half years ago i opened a restaurant and i have a bar a second story bar that is super haunted i took the first floor of that bar when the people that were there left and i had to do a lot of work into it um i had to put a lot of work into it we had to replace a lot of you know shelving and 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 do a lot of cleaning and you know so i spent a lot of time by myself knowing that I was in a very haunted building, but not really caring because, uh, I don't know, because I kind of like it. (laughs) So I was down there by myself one night, and in the restaurant, there is a little alcove area. It's a long, narrow restaurant. It's about 2,000 square feet. And in the very back area, there's a little alcove with three walls. The fourth wall is just something that opens up into the restaurant. So it's like a good place for a little lounge area or maybe one large dining table or something like that it's about i'd say about 10 by 8 feet uh the previous owners had painted a strange mural on it and i just wanted to cover it up so i decided to get some of that textured wallpaper that when you when you paint it it kind of looks like tin type like tin tiles so i uh i got to work i painted over you know i cleaned the walls i was hanging the wallpaper and i'm by myself and even though I've done a lot of the work in my own bars and, and places, I, I'm I'm not a very exacting person, you know. My the "measure twice, cut once" thing has always been usurped in my brain by like, just do it. You can eyeball it, and a lot of times it comes out okay, you know. the 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 final product is fine, but this time it was late at night, and I was so tired, and so I just started wallpapering. I um I was moving from left to right from the leftmost wall and I was going to move around and finish up at the rightmost wall. This was the only area that I was going to wallpaper. So at one point on the left wall, I got to an electrical outlet and stupidly I tried to eyeball it and, uh, you know, it didn't didn't work out too well. I went to go (laughs) put the paper on. I hadn't lined it up properly and I said, you know, okay, this is just, you know, this is one of those instances where you just have to measure everything, be precise. It'll be obvious if you you know, that you didn't measure this properly. So I I did it again. And uh, the second time it worked out fine. And so I kept moving around the wall. There's another electrical outlet on the right wall. And so when I got to the second electrical outlet, I very meticulously started measuring everything and cutting. So my friend John came over. John worked at the restaurant. He was a friend of mine that works at the university that's close by. Also, And he is a very exacting person. He measures everything. He's very good at construction and things like that. So he walked in and just kind of started laughing (laughs) at me because he said, oh, I see what's happening here. You didn't measure properly the first time. And I was like, right. I know. You know me. I'm doing it right this time, though. So he hung out with me a little bit and uh, I measured it. It went up fine. The second outlet was totally fine. So, uh, you know. The end. That's a pretty boring story, right? So four and a half years later, it's COVID time. We're shut down. John is still working part-time with me. And uh we shut down for COVID, but we still sold food out the front window. There's like a front window for the restaurant that opens out into the street. So it was pretty cool that we could keep operating, and we just did to-go food, and nobody came in. But the dining room became sort of like a warehouse storage space kind of, And so we just had a bunch of like to-go things stacked up and backup food and dry goods and things like that. And I was making some menus for outside and I wanted to laminate them because they were going to be outside. So we wanted to protect them from the the rain or whatever was going to happen. And I went to go plug my laminator into the outlet on the left side, that first outlet that I kind of screwed up and then fixed. But there was... There was just too much stuff in the way. We had put a rack there with a bunch of glassware on it that we weren't using because we weren't open. And so I said, "Okay, well, you know, I, I, that's fine. I don't feel like moving all this stuff." And and John was there with me, and he said, "Well, just put it into the other one, into the good wallpaper one, because that was the joke, right? Uh, it was the one that I hadn't screwed up." And so I went to go plug the laminator into the second rightmost wall outlet, and it and it wasn't there. I had I had put a couch against it just because that's how we decorated the restaurant. We turned it into a little lounge area. And when I moved the sofa, the couch, the outlet was completely gone. There was absolutely no cut in the wallpaper. There was no patch, no indication that somebody had come in and papered over it, removed it, anything. So I thought... Like I'm, COVID was a weird time for everyone, and I thought that I was kind of just just tired, you know. So I called John over and I said, "Hey, man, look, just look at this." And he stood there, and we just stared at it. And he goes, "Okay, right? So there was an outlet there. I'm not crazy, right?" I said, "No, I I thought the exact same thing." So we called my dad. My dad is a perfectionist, and. <clears throat> Excuse me. And an amateur handyman. My dad can fix anything and is much like John in that he measures and, and does everything precisely and perfectly the first time. And of course, he remembered that I had it, that I had an outlet there because he had also lightly made fun of me. Uh, and he, he couldn't explain it. We facetimed him. He said, yeah, there was definitely an outlet there. The ghosts are taking your electrical things now. It's three years later, and we still mention it from time to time, and I I really just haven't been able to find an explanation at all for it. So maybe you can, but uh, when I posted it on the, the Glitch of the Matrix subreddit, a bunch of people jumped in and said, you know, there are other stories like this. And sure enough, there's apparently a thing where blips or glitches or time slips or something will just take away your electrical outlets. That's it that's the story. Thanks for listening.
1: So me and my high school buddies, what we used to do specifically in high school about sophomore through uh, June four, yeah, senior year, we would go to Garner state park in Texas. It's like, in a, it's near Leahy, Texas and utopia. And we would go out there because it's on the Frio River. There's a lot of stuff to do there. There's tubing, and especially in the summers, every on the weekends, every single night, there was line dancing there. So it was a good way, you know, like meet girls or like meet people our age. Sneak out of our tents in the middle of the night, go hike up Mount Baldy, smoke weed, drink beer, do degenerate stuff. And so, after a while, you know, we all went to college this is around 2016, I was about 19 at the time, cause I took a gap year. We wanted to feel a little bit of nostalgia. So for spring break, we decided to go back. Now, on the other side of that river and another camp is like another thing for college kids, you know, where people get absolutely wasted. And most of us wanted to go do that. But my one friend, uh, Bass, was like, no, let's go back to Garner State Park. And, you know, reluctantly, we did it. But it was still really fun. The first... We were there for about a week. The first three days or four days were really fun. Uh, Same old shit. Snuck off, drank beer, smoked weed, went tubing, went fishing, all that fun stuff, line dancing. And... You know towards the end we were there's a really tall mountain I, I like i'm not kidding it's probably i don't know it's called mount baldy it's called mount baldy because it starts with the trees and then at the top it's all granite with a thousand foot like cliff face and we would go hike up there every single time we also called it cell service mountain because that's the only place you could get cell service so we hiked up mount baldy one night after a line dance and we had drank some beers up there and we had actually come with some uh we went there with some upperclassmen from our school so they were like what 21 20 ish range and they were like hey there's another mountain on the other side that has a huge pile of rocks that people bring up there and you can just sit up there and chill it's just uh, on this trail it's about a half mile to three quarters of a mile hike and then you're on top of the other mountain and we said okay let's do it so we hiked through there and it was really dark i mean super dark the whole time there it was clear skies and the stars are just fantastic like you can see the arms of the milky way galaxy stretch over but tonight was that night was different the it was overcast and as we hiked up even more and more and more a fog started to roll in but to us we thought that that was cool we like spooky shit we got up to to the top of that mountain i can't remember what it's called and there was a huge pile of rocks just like they said and it's basically people hike up there you grab like maybe a foot long boulder and you take it up there and you add it to the pile we didn't because we were lazy we sat up on the mountain and drank a couple more beers and chilled out for a little bit talking about life Uh, the upperclassmen started talking about gnosticism and that absolutely kind of ruined our vibe and was so really strange for us and then you know after about one or two hours we decided to hike back down well what you could have done is there's a switchback that's about maybe a quarter of a mile, half a mile down, but it takes you about 45, 50 minutes to hike down. So we're like, fuck this. We're going to go straight down the mountain. And so trying to avoid cactuses and rocks and dirt slides and shit, we just scooted on our butts all the way down the mountain and like hanging on cedar trees and shit. It was... Uh, it was painful. That was the main thing I remember, it being painful. Anyway, we got to the bottom and it was uh about 10 p.m. Anyway, we got to the bottom and I kind of felt, you know, felt my my wallet, my keys, my phone, and then I like tried to tug my backpack straps and they weren't there. And I looked to one of my friends, Carrie, and I said, hey, Carrie, I left my backpack up there. He's like, oh, shit, what was in there? I was like, well, about eight beers. He's like, dude, you got to get that. I was like, why don't we just come back early morning? He said, no, let's go get that backpack. I was like, okay, I'll just I'll just go up there real quick, and I'll come back down. He's like, no, no, we're all going to go with you. He's like, no, you guys can go back to camp. I'll get it. I have a flashlight. I have three flashlights but no they wanted to go hike back up the trail so we hiked back up the trail which took about an hour we got up there and we got back up to the rocks got back up to the beer had a couple more and we're like okay let's hike back down at this point the fog had actually rolled in and I've never seen a fog where it's like an actual fog machine but it obscure obscured the, the actual pathways, it obscured the floor, it obscured the dirt, you could not see below your ankles. And I've never seen this phenomenon before, it was just really strange. So we tried to find the trail back down, and we found a trailhead, and we just started hiking it. As we started hiking it, most things kind of especially sound just began to become muffled and me and my other friend Patrick were a little perturbed by this and I asked him about it and he's like hey man like are you getting an uneasy an feeling and he kind of concurred that he was but the other friend Carrie was like no no it's just it's just the fog it muffles sounds and the cedar trees and everything else And you know that made sense to me so we just kept walking however for some reason we got a feeling of dread as we kept walking for further context it was myself my friend patrick our friend esperson and my friend carrie and it was four of us walking we came to a point where the dread just got so palpable it got so dark and we had a flashlight but the flashlight barely dimmed like barely shown anything on the on the trail because there was so much fog obscuring everything that we were just lighting up the fog so we decided that we we're going to turn off the flashlight and we're just gonna hike with our eyes we turned off the flashlight we actually had to wait ten minutes for our eyes to kind of adjust and surprisingly despite how dark it was you could still make out the outlines of the trees on the sides of the trail so we just just decided to follow it now as we like went about what in my mind was probably half a mile we got to a point and Esperson stopped in front of me, and he put his arm out in front of all of us. He's like, "Hey guys, stop!" At this point, me and Patrick are already kind of very full of anxiety, so I was like, "Dude, what the fuck is up? what, what is it? Don't do this right now!" And we kind of look ahead, and we see three shadowy figures, and I was like, "Motherfuck, it's the game wardens." That's what I thought it was. I thought it was the state the tr- uh, state park troopers. As we kind of went towards it, because we're not going to fucking run. It's more, it's probably a smarter idea to just walk up to them. We noticed that it's three boulders sticking up. Three really pointy, jagged boulders. Uh, I don't know if you know have ever played Skyrim. At the, the first part of it, there's these things called the Guardian Stones. And it's these stones made out of runes. That's what it looks like. Just the shape of them. But it looks like people. So we walk up to them and it's just these boulders, it's granite. And then we notice something. Carrie's like, Hey guys, why is it really fucking bright right here? And that's when I realized that there's moonlight shining down. And then as soon as I realized that all four of us had the realization that's not moonlight. Above us was a canopy of trees. That would have obscured any moonlight, much less starlight. It was foggy and it was overcast. As a matter of fact, it was misting a little bit. And it was just a like a dark teal kind of greenish, bluish glow. And all of a sudden we were all since like overcome with the sense of impending doom. Like, I do not know how to describe that feeling. I've had a panic attack before, kind of like, almost kind of like that. Like, I felt like my heart was going to stop. I felt like I was going to fucking die. So, I don't know what it was within us, if we thought there were spirits around, if we thought that the mountain was alive, but we felt like we were being watched. We felt like we were being monitored. We felt like we were being perceived. So, we decided that the best course of action was to just pretend like we were going to ignore it oh yeah, no, like this happens, this is a natural thing and so we walked past it and we came to a little trail sign on the right was a blocked off trail that didn't go into anything, it was blocked off by the, I guess the state park and with the logs and shit so we could only go straight so we went straight and just, I don't know how to describe the feeling, the The impending doom slowly dissipated, but the feeling of dread never did, and there was just never any sound, but we just fucking knew we were being followed. We knew we were being followed. We knew we were being stalked. There was something in the forest with us. There was something on the mountain with us. It was either that or the mountain wanted us off, and that was just in our heads, and it we kept walking and then finally carrie stopped and they're like hey what's up do you hear something he's like no the mountain wants us to leave and that is ingrained in my memory because he just said that strip like deadpan delivery the mountain wants us to leave and that kind of spiraled me that that i was completely sober by now because i was so like on the verge of a panic attack that i yeah that was not fun to hear so we kind of picked up our pace a little bit and then there was this one point there was like a very winding part and we had to follow each other just by you know i guess footsteps footsteps and outlines and then we came to a point where carrie hit a tree and so we turn on the flashlights because at this point fuck it we need to get off this mountain and it's it's nothing. We're not on a trail. We're surrounded by trees. And so we freak out. This place is huge. It's mountainous, it's in the hill country. And we're like, how the fuck do we get out of here? So we made the executive decision to go back the way we came, find the trail, keep the light on the trail, and just follow it. That took us 30 minutes. I cannot really denote the amount of time that we had been walking, but we came back to the fucking trail and it it was there. But the amount of time that passed was insane. At this point, it was midnight. And we could not have been walking that far. There's no way because all the trails there probably equate up to five miles. I don't know. At least the ones we were on. So, I was tired, but I was also still anxious to get back to camp. So we follow this trail back, and then, eventually, we come out and the fog dissipates. There's no more fog, it's still overcast, but there's no more fog. And all we see in front of us is darkness. The amount of darkness in front of us just consumed the fucking flashlight light. It looks like the, the woods went on forever. So, we kept following the trail, it had more twists and turns, and then finally, we came to a cattle gate in the middle of the forest. Now, cattle gates are normally in between ranch fences, they're, um, they'll get you into, you know, this uh, fucking dirt side road on the side of a ranch, or off a fucking highway, a back highway. There's no reason for there to be a cattle gate in the middle of the forest. Well, there was one. There was no cattle guard on it. There was a brand fucking new chain and padlock on it. Not that that mattered. We were like, fuck it. We need to just follow whatever trail we're on. So we hopped over this rusty cattle gate, brand new chain and padlock. And then in about 10 minutes, we came to the highway. This highway... I guess was le- leading out of Leaky and then like kind of towards Utopia, I think, or Concam. I can't really fucking remember. We get we get to the highway, we have cell reception, and it's to the fucking clock in the morning. About 30 minutes ago, I had looked at it and at my phone, and it was about midnight. Uh, I cannot explain that passage of time. But finally, we were just, at this point, more exhausted than anything. We followed the road because we knew that if you follow the road about whichever way, I guess it was actually uh, east, you would come to the gas station, and the gas station, there's the road leading into Garner State Park. We got to the gas station, checked our phones, no cell service. We're like, fuck it, we already know the way back, and it's a sure way to get back. We followed that that little small highway back on the side of the road. Not saw a single fucking car that entire time. And finally, I think Esperson got cell service and we got we got we called one of our buddies back at camp. He picked us up in his truck and we got back to camp around probably four in the morning. But that was the end of it now there was a lot of discrepancies in this story for me especially for me with the, the passage of time well two things was the grove the shady grove that was illuminated by light and then the, the passage of time so I chalked it up to you know we were drunk we were being stupid and wandering around the next year, so this is in 2017, me and Patrick and a couple other friends went to Garner. This is about the last time because, I mean, it's just – we outgrew it. Uh, me and my buddies were sitting around the campfire, and we got in an argument over something. It was something stupid, but it was like me and Patrick just wanted to clear our heads. So we decided to go hike back up that mountain. And it took us – not too long to get up that mountain especially to where all the, the rocks were so we're like yeah dude we're just fucking drunk as hell there there was no reason like we over exasperate ourselves we like totally misconstrued what our time was like yeah we're just drunk so now it's it's an actual like moon moonlit night and shit stars are out it's fucking gorgeous so there's an actual trail there's two trails, one going back down the mountain and then a like a little trail to go further in and hike. So we went down that way and we found, we found, well, we found the exact spot where we found those rocks, the Shady Grove. One thing this time that was different, it was extremely dark right there. Like I said, it was a moonlit night that time but it was extremely dark right there. And there was like, so that further validated my whole fear of like, why the fuck was it so illuminated? Anyway, another thing, those three rocks were not there. That part fucked me up. So we kept walking and walking and that trail looped back down to the other trail that brings you down the mountain. There was no trail that was off to the side that was barricaded by logs. There is no trail that takes you to the, the cattle gate. I can't explain that part unless we just got stupid fucking lost, which is entirely possible. But the trail we followed the last time, the previous year, brought us to the cattle gate about 12 miles away from the park and on the highway. Anyway, it was a very strange event. And then not recently, before uh, recanting this story, I actually met up with Patty and we were hanging out at a bar. I'm not making this up. I just, I did not expect this to happen. So me and Patty wanted to hang out cause he was in the same city I was in working. And we went to an arcade bar and Esperson was there working the fucking bar so <laughs> so we were talking mainly about like high school shit and stupid shit we did in high school and then we finally got to the Shady Grove thing and that whole validated that we we recounted each other's stories uh, and we told Espersen we went back and I was like yeah that same spot it's dark as hell like like for real like there's like canopied trees but there was no rocks this time and Esperson believed us but it's like yeah we don't we don't know why that fucking happened we don't know the whole history behind that I I don't know if there's like a history behind it I don't know if there's some spiritual shit to it it was just bizarre and it sticks out of my mind I'm surprised I wasn't as scared to hike back up down that way in 2017 than I was in 2016, but yeah, that was, uh, that's, that's the Shady Grove story.
2: Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Blame It on the Aliens. I hope this inspired you guys to send your own personal stories because I feel like this is what I want for the future of this show. Of course, I'm always, the, my whole show is narrating stories, but the reason I started this podcast is just because it was a hobby and I was generally just interested in these types of stories and I'm obsessed with Reddit. So it's it's really fun to narrate and it's also really, really fun to hear personal stories from people firsthand. So I hope to have many more episodes like this in the future. If you feel compelled to send me one of yours, you can always send a voice message or a voice file to blame it on the aliens1 at gmail.com, or you can scroll down and click the link in the description to send a voice message that way. If you prefer me to narrate it, you can always send a text version to the same email. You can reach out to me on Instagram or TikTok at Blame It on the Pod or Podcast. And you can also support the show by rating it five stars sharing it with a friend and leaving a little comment when you rate me that's how people discover the show and that's how my show grows so I would very much appreciate it and I will be back in the future with more creepy episodes as always if you can't explain it blame it on the aliens baby